We keep talking about the state of Pakistan's economy, that Pakistan's been on the verge of a default. It's been the case now for several months and we've had several episodes of Karta Klata talking about developments on the economic front in Pakistan. Right now, however, as we speak today, looks like the country has come the closest to default in a very long time. Now, Pakistan is no stranger to defaults. I find some stories also in the Pakistani media, I see a story uh, almost every day, saying that Pakistan is coming closest to its first peacetime default, right? The fact, however, is that if you check out the data, it looks like Pakistan's been there, done that between 1998 and 1999. 1998, you remember, was the year of tit-for-tat nuclear tests and sanctions on India as well as Pakistan. 1999 is when Pakistan chose to go to war over Kargil. So maybe that was one period. But since 1989, 20 countries, only 20 countries have had a sovereign default in the world, right? Since 1960, if you go that far back and you will, I look at records of IMF, etc., 147 countries. But the world, the global financial system has been stabilizing and as it's been evolving. So in the last 33 years since 1989 and we take 1989 because that was the end of the Cold War, 20 countries have defaulted. Pakistan's been there once. So it's been there once. It might be getting there a second time. Although still a lot of people believe, a lot of the experts also believe that Pakistan is too big to fail or maybe too dangerous to fail. And there also doubts are coming in because Pakistan has done some drastic things right now. Their deal with IMF has not yet come through, although Pakistani Finance Minister Isaac Dar has today put out tweets saying, no, 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 within a week this will be done. But you know that within a week IMF deal will be done has been going on for some time because IMF also has also certain demands. In fact, if I again read the Pakistani media, Pakistani social media, well-informed people, they say one of the demands IMF might have, they will not state it publicly, is that they want Isaac Dar's job, which means they want his predecessor, Mifta Ismail, restored in the job. He's the one they trust more than Isaac Dar himself. The fact, however, is that Pakistan is now making concessions or trying to meet IMF conditionalities. But at the same time, it has no control over what's happening to its fisc, its deficit situation, its foreign exchange reserves, and most importantly, its interest rates and also its inflation. So as we speak this week, inflation rate Pakistan is 40%. It's been about 27, 29% all this while on an annualized basis. Now it's 40% for the week. And if this follows, you can see what happens because 40% if inflation rate continues like this in 30s and 40s, that is a disaster. So at this point, inflation rate in Pakistan is 40%. And you can see stress on the streets of Pakistan. With a lot of the poorer people suffering, poorer people, lower middle class, middle class people suffering even for essential commodities and goods because the prices have gone so high. So inflation at 40%. Pakistani rupee has collapsed today. It was 285.9, so 286 a few hours back. And when I checked, 10 minutes before I started recording this, this had come to 290. So rupee has had a free fall. It's fallen about 8-9% in one day. Why has this happened? What's triggered this? It's also the day when Pakistani central bank has increased its rates. It's upped its rates by how much? By 300 basis points. So the rate at which Pakistan Reserve Bank, a Reserve Bank equivalent in Pakistan, which is Central Bank of Pakistan, used to give out money was 17%. It's now become 20%.
for comparisons i have comparisons from tca sharad raghavan our economics editor for comparisons as far as india is concerned the rate right now is 6.5% in the recent quarters say in the last two years it's gone from 4% to 6.5% there've been several rate hikes and in fact there is a consternation every time there is a rate hike of 25 basis points or 50 basis points but 6.5% pakistan has now got it 20% you might also want to ask me or want me to tell you what is the highest rate india has ever had the highest rate india has ever had was 14.5% and that was in august 2000 bimbal jalan was then the governor of Reserve Bank of India, and that was done because inflation was really running high. So the government of the day, which was Vajpayee government, they took it on the chin and they decided to kill inflation. They and RBI Governor Bimal Jalan then, who was very very conservative and very very careful. So India has seen fourteen point five, and when it was fourteen point five, it really hurt because you know your housing loans, EMIs, those were then going at nineteen percent, twenty percent, eighteen and a half percent. it was impossible for anybody to borrow from a bank and do business at that point because no business yields that kind of profit so if 14 and a half percent hurt that much you can imagine what 20% is doing right now to people of pakistan and to businesses in pakistan in fact at its last policy meeting in january the central bank of pakistan raised the rate by 100 basis points to 17% so far pakistan central bank central bank of pakistan has added a total of 1025 1025 basis points to its interest rate since january of 2022 so in one year 1025 basis points that means 10.25 percentage points the rate has gone up by so from 9.75% it's gone to 20% so it's in this situation 40% inflation rupee pakistani rupee 290 to the dollar and now interest rates raised by the central bank to 20% this pretty much brings your economy to a standstill and the economy is at a standstill in many other ways pakistan is a heavily import dependent economy it's also unfortunately because pakistan used to be an agricultural power unfortunately for people of pakistan pakistan's agriculture has also suffered and also why blame the farmer even if the farmer produces at a good productivity level the fact is pakistan's population has risen too fast there are just too many mouths to feed and it's still rising much too fast pakistan's performance on its family planning program if such a thing exists has been a disaster and that is something that pakistan should have addressed a long time back anyway look at the situation now the upshot of all of this is that pakistan is looking at another default so there is a story in bloomberg which i will share with you which has just just come out that says pakistan is inching closer to a default some people think as i told you earlier pakistan is too dangerous to fall it's a very large country how can you allow it to fall it's a very large population now i will give you some data there pakistan is the fifth most populous country in the world in fact in another decade it's going to be the fourth most populous country in the world because it will leave indonesia behind right now indonesia is ahead but indonesia has got its population growth act together indonesia is an islamic country like pakistan a bigger islamic country the biggest islamic country but indonesia has got its act together on population growth so don't blame a faith or a religion for it it is just lousy governance in pakistan and also the nature of pakistani elites and their focus that single point focus on getting even with india somehow kashmir india 
while elites talk about that, then the working classes, the street talks about Gazwaya Hind and other nonsense like that. So Pakistan hasn't really focused on itself, on its governance, on, on its human resources management, on its economy, etc., etc. And those issues are now beginning to paint big on the radar screen. So fifth most populous country in the world, seventh largest army in the world, sixth largest nuclear pileup in the world, right? Pakistan has more nukes than India. Given all of that, a lot of people would think that maybe Pakistan is too dangerous to fail, too big to fail. 23 crore people, 23 crore Islamic nation, who will let it fail? It will be too dangerous to let it fail. But now some disappointment is growing in that area. So there is a tweet I'll share with you on your screens from Michael Kugelman, who's an academic strategic affairs scholar, very focused on Pakistan, based in Washington, and usually very friendly with Pakistan. He's tweeted sort of in disappointment saying, look, the idea that Pakistan is too big to fail is not working anymore at global, global levels. He says the idea that Pakistan is too big to fail is not finding global traction that it used to, right? Moody's at the same time has lowered Pakistan's rating. All of this has happened all at the same time. This is a perfect storm. Moody's has lowered Pakistan's rating one level to CAA3. What CAA3 means? Now it, it is below investment grade. In a minute, I will explain Moody's ratings to you, how these work, but right now they've reduced it. And I quote Moody's spokesperson saying, and I quote, because of decreasing fragile liquidity to external position. So Moody's think that the, that the chances of default are high. So there is an exact quote again from Moody's spokesperson Grace Lim who says and I quote in the current extremely fragile balance of payment situation disbursements may not be secured in time to avoid a default. In the next few months that's going up to June that's when Pakistani fiscal year ends. Pakistan is to repay about $7 billion worth of foreign debt, right? Now, maybe out of this $3 billion will be rolled over, $2 billion from the Chinese, if the Chinese choose to do so. But still, so much more has to be paid and Pakistan simply isn't getting enough money. Now, I told you how Pakistan is handling this by basically bringing its economy to a standstill. So, rising it, raising interest rates, putting other restrictions. Other things that Pakistan is doing is also economy destructive. It's an import dependent economy, but it's now been killing imports. So imports in last six months have been just over $21 billion, right? How do we put that in perspective? In the preceding six months, six months before that, imports were just over $31 billion. So within six months, they've cut their imports by 10 billion dollars. In these months, Pakistan's exports have risen at about 2% per month, 2.5% per month. But Pakistan's imports have declined by 18% per month. So 21.3 billion of imports in these six months. In the previous six months, it was 31.6 billion of imports, so 10.3 billion minus. Exports are rising at 2.7% per month. Imports are declining at 18% per month. So you've got slightly less deficit. You've still got deficit, but the de deficit has come down. At the same time, you've deprived your people of a lot of essential things, including, I'm afraid, energy and things like that. So this is an economy in a stall. And in fact, 
worse than stall in many areas it is in a free fall so look at pakistan's ratings right now i told you it was caa1 from caa1 now it has come to caa3 so let's try and understand how these ratings work so look at the chart on your screens i have taken this chart from the moody's website so moody's is the most popular or the most trusted or the most prominent of the rating agencies so let's look at moody's so this chart it tells you first of all look at the blue zone the blue zone is an acceptable zone that is the investment grade right that is countries at various levels some are more robust than the other some are weaker than the other but still zone is still blue so this is investment grade so you start with triple a that is the highest triple a double a1 double a2 double a3 a1 a2 a3 and then ba1 2 3 ba3 is the last in the blue zone that is in investment grade so india is rated for comparisons at ba3 that is the last of the investment grade so india is stable investment grade right look at pakistan pakistan after the current rating is third from the bottom so if india is 10th from the top pakistan is third from the bottom and 18th from the top once again if you want to look at it the other way pakistan is third from the bottom india is 11th from the bottom i am not saying this to say oh india is doing so much better i wish india was doing much better india should not be at the last level in the blue zone india should be should be at least two or three levels up but i am just giving it to you by way of comparison so we have a better understanding of what this means so if you look at below investment grade below investment grade on moody's begins with ba1 ba2 ba3 b1 b2 b3 caa1 caa2 right eight and then the ninth is caa3 right if pakistan falls any further from this then ca will be near default very close to default and c will be default so that's where pakistan stands right now now how are the market seeing this look at the pakistani bonds pakistani bonds these are sovereign bonds pakistani sovereign bonds which say until about september last year were okay they were weak but not that weak maybe they were getting 80 cents to the dollar or 85 cents even 90 cents to, to the dollar just about a year back now they fallen to 49.8 cents to a dollar that means if you have a pakistani sovereign bond somebody will only give you half its value by the way this is not the worst it has seen in the last year in fact in october october november maybe more in november than october it had gone further down to almost 40 or 39 so that tells you that the global markets now are extremely worried about pakistan governments or pakistan's sovereign's ability to repay its loan although the governor of the central bank of pakistan jamil ahmed he has said that look there is a lot of rumors being spread isaq dar has also said lots of rumors are being spread by enemies of pakistan we are not going to default etc etc but i gave you also the quote from grace lame of moody's because these are these are clinical rating agencies who don't don't look at politics who only give you an idea of what their assessment of the situation is so pakistan is getting some help the chinese have only recently uh, given pakistan a loan of 700 100 million dollars now 700 100 million dollars 
say 0.7 billion dollars it doesn't look like that much money when you talk of sovereign governments but but for pakistan right now it's oxygen plus steroids to keep pakistan economy alive or breathing at least for some time but something more will need to be done so chinese premier li keqiang has met imf of officials because imf is trying to get consensus from other lenders of pakistan want to make sure that they also contribute to the bailout for pakistan before imf makes a commitment and also that they also promise to ensure that pakistan now becomes a more disciplined country in terms of managing its own economy and imf will then have some demands about defense budgets etc those are very sensitive issues in pakistan in fact as we talk about this i will also share with you a tweet that couple of these pakistani critics or dissidents or whoever who live overseas who live in britain they have blutic handles there's one khalid omar who says who calls himself a secular humanist and see his tweet he shows you pictures of these golf courses and he says these are pakistani army's golf courses there are 200 of these in pakistan and look at what these golf courses cost and what each golf club costs and pakistan is run by generals who enjoy this lifestyle how much do they care and how much do they understand the problems and travails that ordinary pakistanis are facing there is also imtiaz from leicester who says look because of 40% inflation and near default situation pakistan has postponed gazwai hind by 10 years so pakistanis are also laughing at themselves the fact however is that this is not a laughing situation this is a very very fraud situation where pakistan has just been downgraded its inflation has gone to 40% its rupee has stumbled and moody's has now put it just two scales away two levels away from being ca so that is near default so one level away from ca near default and c which is in default right now it is caa3 which means very high credit risk scale so once again please keep watching this space please see what's happening in pakistan if you ask me and now it's opinion if you ask me my feeling is that before before the final whistle is blown something will be done, will, will be done the chinese will come into the act they will give some guarantees etc etc because they can't see their protectorate to fail like this this is that situation for them because of all the countries in the world even more than north korea the the pakistanis depend on china more today because today north korea is still a bit obscure and north korea is a country of its own kind but the country of substance country the country that matters to a lot of the world that really depends on china and which the chinese really value is pakistan so will they let the pakistanis roll over in default chances are they might do something about this at the last moment at the same time we also know that with the chinese nothing comes for free